Welcome to Generation Slay, where we know that Gen Zers are shifting important narratives, changing the world, creating incredible content, and making names for themselves in a big way. Each episode, we interview the Gen Z entrepreneurs, creatives, and innovators who are slaying it in their fields. I'm Gianluca Russo, a 21-year-old freelance writer based out of New York. My work primarily focuses on fashion, entertainment, and plus-size representation, and has been published in GQ, Glamour, Teen Vogue, Nylon, Vice, The Huffington Post, and more. When I'm not writing, I'm usually ranting about my dog or Ariana Grande. You can find me on social media at G underscore Russo one. And I'm Emma Havikorst, a 20-year-old Fordham University marketing major, writer, and consultant to both businesses and rising Gen Zers. I'm a chai latte and donut addict, and I spend most of my waking hours on Instagram, where you can find me at Emma Havy. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. We are so excited to launch Generation Slay, finally. Uh, we have a lot of great guests that we're looking forward to having on the podcast, speaking of all the different things they're doing, all the different creative and innovative ways that they're really making a name for themselves. So me and Emma are so excited uh, to finally get this thing up and running. Yeah, I mean, oh, I can't even comprehend that this is finally happening. And we're so excited to share with you some of these stories from these incredible, incredible young people who are by far making a name for themselves, but we obviously want to share their stories with all of you. So that being said, let's talk about you first, Jean-Luc, because you are one of the most amazing people I know. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Tell us, tell everyone about what you currently do and how you got into everything. Yeah, totally. Well, now um, I graduated from the university at Albany last December with my bachelor's in journalism. Um, And right now I work as a freelance writer and I do a little social media work as well. Um, and basically I've been doing that for the past three years. Um, my first semester of college, I started, um, a little theater blog cause I grew up performing. Um, so I wanted to wait a way to be able to interview other, uh, people who were on Broadway. So I started a little blog and that quickly just kind of took off. Um, and within a few months I figured out that I wanted to be a writer at that time. I was studying to, um, to be a lawyer actually at that time. And it was, um, a very bad decision. Um, so yeah, pretty quickly I figured out I wanted to write, and from there I started just writing for like a few like guest blogs and little things like that, primarily doing theater. Um, and then within a year I decided that I wanted to kind of venture out and do more entertainment, uh, and then from there I kind of did fashion as well and kind of spread out. So throughout college I was working full-time as well as a freelancer by my junior year. Um, and I started writing for Teen Vogue then, and after that it was kind of easier to get into some of the bigger publications once I had that more exposure. Um, so yeah, and then by my by the time I graduated, I was able to kind of knock off all the publications that I had wanted to get published in. I had my first piece in GQ right before I graduated, which was insane to me. Um, so that's what I'm doing now after graduation, um, just f- 
full-time freelancing, uh, which has been going really well. Um, I don't do as much kind of mainstream stuff now. I do a lot of uh, like copywriting and social media stuff. Um, and then about like once or twice a week, I'll do kind of the, the more like high profile writing things. Um, but yeah, it's been great. And I love being able to just write about so many different topics as opposed to just having to write about like entertainment every day or um, so it's been pretty great. I, I mean, I love what I do. I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't. <laughs> how did you specifically get into freelancing? Like, how did you learn how to pitch, who to pitch, what to say? Like, how did you really get into that? Because there's so much advice out there and a lot of it varies. A lot of it's very inconsistent and really just figuring that out can be very, very difficult. Yeah, totally. I mean, even now, like pitching is so hard sometimes. Um, it's hard to kind of take an idea in your head and then get it in like two paragraphs in an email. But especially when I started, I didn't like none of my friends were writers. I didn't know anyone who was a writer. The only thing I knew was, you know, watching the Devil Wears Prada. Like that's the only thing I knew about this industry. Um, so what I did was um, I literally just Googled like what are freelance writers and like how to pitch and then i went on twitter and i just followed like all the writers whose work i admired and who like worked at like teen vogue and at glamour and at gq like and i just and on twitter they would be so open about it and i would reach out to them on the occasion um when i like really like someone's piece and would compliment them and be like i'd love to talk to you for a few minutes and then i would get their advice basically so the, i really started just by googling like how to pitch um, and then once I had like a pretty basic structure from Google, then I went, um, started just talking to people and seeing what worked for them, what their advice was, what could make it more specific and better for a publication. So it was a lot of like trial and error. When I was pitching at the beginning, I was like so bad. I remember the first summer that I decided to like full-time freelance instead of getting an internship, like I probably placed like five things and pitched like a hundred, like it was really bad. Um, but it just was like trial and error and just like talking to people. And I like used Twitter so much to be able to connect with other writers who I admired. And like, honestly, I owe so much to them. I'm so gracious because they gave me so much advice that helped me be able to freelance while I was still in school. So if I didn't have like their help, if I wasn't like utilizing social media to connect with people, like there's no way I would have been able to accomplish everything that I did. So do you think like networking specifically on Twitter or I would say other social media sites, but media is 90% on Twitter. Do you think that's really crucial in terms of becoming a freelance writer or working within the media space? Yeah, 100%. And it's like a little unfortunate sometimes because like Twitter can very often be trash. Um, but it's like so necessary. So many of the things that I've gotten are because people found me on social media. The first time I went to New York Fashion Week, it's because the editor-in-chief of Nylon like saw me tweeting about plus size menswear. And um, they were at the same time, their team was talking about like wanting someone to cover the lack of plus size menswear at Fashion Week. So she literally emailed me because she saw that tweet and sent me to Fashion Week to cover it. So like if I hadn't been active on social media talking about my interest and the things I wanted to write about, there's no way that I would have had those opportunities. Um, and I mean, so many other things as well have come from social media. A lot of it, of course, is me reaching out and pitching places, but 
most of the time when I pitch someone, it's someone who follows me back and who they've seen me on social media. So when my name pops up in their inbox, they're more likely to click on an answer. And even if they don't like that pitch, they'll remember me if they have an idea they think fits me. Or um, if I pitch them again, they'll remember my name and it'll be easier to place something there. Um, so with yeah, without like Twitter, I... And I mean, like, Instagram is, like, I guess a little important as well. I have, like, gotten things from Instagram. But definitely Twitter, primarily, like, 90% is so important um, when it comes to networking and making connections. Okay. Amazing. So one thing I love to ask people who are doing so well, like you are, is if you could give advice to your younger self who is just starting out or someone who is starting out in your area mm -hmm. what would that be yeah i mean there's so many things that i would advise people but i think the biggest one like definitely that impacted me the most was not letting anyone put limits on me um so a lot of people they'll go to college and they'll only do things like extracurricular activities or they'll only take part in like the newspaper at college and they'll stay confined to their school which is great, except for the fact that there are probably 50% of people in your program who are doing the exact same thing. So it doesn't help you stand out. Okay. Um, and I, after my first year of college, like I was already working outside of my school and like doing internships and reaching out to people who worked in the field. Um, and I think just people so often put limits on themselves that are unnecessary. Um, and really, you just have to like shoot your shot. And I never like even like big things like I want to write like my first cover story this year um so at the beginning of the year I just emailed one of my editors and just told her and I told her I had the contacts for it and that I was ready to do it and just like putting myself in that position where many people would have told me like you have to wait like they have to come to you like and put those limits on me I like refuse to let that happen and kind of just put myself out there so I definitely say with like don't let anything limit you like if you want something just do it like figure out what you have to do to get there um and definitely like just push yourself even more like to an uncomfortable space because if you feel uncomfortable then you're probably going in the right direction um so yeah i would say like don't let anyone or anything or even yourself limit you from reaching the goals that you have set for yourself oh, i adore that advice and it, honestly <laughs> it's something i need to implement in my life because i'm <laughs> too limit myself yeah well I mean it's hard it's not like an easy especially when you're in school and you have to deal with you know like teachers and homework and all that stuff it's hard not to to like feel those limits kind of constraining you um but yeah I mean the 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 media especially like that industry wants young voices so right. the only person like kind of stopping whoever wants to write is yourself like you really just have to put yourself out there and show them that you have something worthwhile to say absolutely absolutely love it okay well let's talk about you emma oh. um so yeah tell me a little just let's just talk about your background a little um how school's going uh and kind of um what kind of your plan is going forward well okay so as of right now i as you said i'm still in school I am a marketing major at Fordham University's Gabelli School of Business which is just sounds so fancy. <laughs> um, I have a minor in digital technology and emerging media and a concentration in strategic branding. 
which is a absolute mouthful, but basically just comes down to I like marketing and social media and digital stuff. That's just what I focus on specifically based on branding and advertising in that field. Um, And that sort of is something that I'm actively trying to apply to the work I do and everything on a day-to-day basis. So you were talking about like so many people just do extracurriculars in college, but I mean, that was something that really applied in high school and middle school too. And I've never been an extracurriculars person solely because I was doing my own stuff. So I have to take it way back. I started my whole professional online e-career when I was 13 in seventh grade. I started a fashion blog, which had possibly the worst name in the world, Teen Fashion from Suburbia. If you look it up, it's still online. I have resisted taking it down just for the memes. But um, it actually, it served me very well because I learned how to keep myself on a schedule. I learned about fashion history and I learned about people and how businesses work and function because I really wanted to be as knowledgeable as I could be, especially as a young person trying to talk knowledgeably about the fashion industry and about trends. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really tried to make myself as educated as humanly possible. And then I ended up reading actually Teen Vogue's career guide or whatever they published probably when I was in eighth or ninth grade, I think eighth grade. And there was a little tidbit in there about how you can email people and ask to be invited to fashion week shows. Mm -hmm. And that's not something I'd realized. I was 13. Everyone else being invited was an adult or like Tavi Gevinson. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not her. I follow trends. I'm not this crazy, wacky, cool, styled person. Mm -hmm. I just like learning things and following the trends. So it makes sense. I'm not invited. And then I learned that I could ask to be invited. And my world absolutely changed. So I'm like obsessive about research and spreadsheets and organization. So 13 or 14 year old me made this spreadsheet that had contacts for every single company or brand that had shown at New York Fashion Week for the last four years. Just in case like a brand disappeared and decided to come back, I needed a four-year backlog. (laughs) And I religiously, like for three days, just continuously sent out emails to all of them like a month before fashion week. Mm -hmm. And I did that for one season with like no response. A few people responded and were like, this is so nice. Like you're such a sweetheart. Best of luck. Sorry. (laughs) And that like gave me joy. I was like a professional. The fashion industry knows my name. Yay. (laughs) Get my blog. Um, But actually the next season. So I think. February when I was in eighth grade so I have no idea what time that was 2012 maybe um maybe even 2011 I got invited to three shows during that season at New York Fashion 
Fashion Week. And one of them was Christian Siriano's first ever New York Fashion Week show. Mm-hmm. Right after being done with um, Project Runway. Right. So I, of course, always watch Project Runway. And I was like, oh, my God, I get to be here. And to this day, it's one of the most beautiful shows I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I'm rambling. But, like, <laughs> being in that space at such a young age, I forced myself to learn and adapt to what was expected of like the adult influencers and bloggers who were trying to get into that area because I wanted to be taken as seriously and be regarded on the same level. Mm-hmm. So that really set my expectations for myself very high and made me learn a lot. And it also provided me with so many connections that ended up bringing me to write for MTV as one of their campus ambassadors during my freshman year of college. And I've written for other publications about various things from like money to dating to whatever I felt like writing about at the time. Um, And I mean, I obviously still go to fashion week every once in a while just to remember the thrill of it. But really what that experience did for me is make me realize how much I value the voices of young people and how much I think that many industries don't take them as seriously or see them as as valuable as they are. And it's sort of superficial or like self-important to say I learned that from seeing myself trying to get into it. But that was my real first experience with understanding that sort of difference between how people saw me and how people saw the adult bloggers who were doing the same things with the same number of monthly views that I had. Right. And I noticed that, like, obviously these companies weren't taking the young consumer as seriously. And I ended up through blogging and through working in that area meeting so many young photographers other bloggers young writers and I really started to understand the value of the young creator and innovator and entrepreneur and I realized that over time I wanted to be an advocate for them and I wanted to help them share their stories and their work in whatever way they can so I've been very lucky. I've had a lot of opportunities to do that. Um, One of which being that, you know, you know this, Gianluca, but I was in a Wall Street Journal article about Generation Z and things that people should know about them, which I was very fortunate to be involved with because I have so many opinions, you know I do, (laughs) about a wonderful Generation Slay, as we call it here. And... So, you know, I was able to also connect the reporter with other people within my network who I thought had diverse, interesting opinions and experiences to share as well. And just really encouraging and creating this reciprocal network of young people to support each other and however I can help them expand their work or their reach or their network and share their stories and their art that's what I want to do and that's sort of where I'm at and where I'm going yeah. that's just really what I want to focus on you know 
Right, definitely. I love um, I love the comment that that one person made about you in the Wall Street Journal piece. Um, what did they say again? Um, I don't think it's possible to be that dense. I didn't realize <laughs> it was possible to be that dense after directly quoting something I said. That like, is so good. That's like... I love it. It's it's like perfect. It like literally summarizes us. It's like the best, you know, the best like description ever. Um, but yeah, I, that's why I mean, so much of what you said is great. I think that's why me and you like we have such similar mentalities and the fact that like there were things we wanted to do and we kind of just did them and kind of had to figure it out on our own. And I mean, the fact that you were like emailing people to go to Fashion Week when you were like a child, like I didn't do that until like this past season. Um, because like one, no one tells you that you can do that, oh. and two, it's like really nerve wracking to email like the PR agent of like a big company and be like, "Please, can I have a seat?" Um, but it just shows, and it goes back to show like how determined um, you were, and kind of shows how big your drive was to do this. Um, so yeah, so then kind of what kind of advice, I mean, for the kids who, the Generation Z people who are going to be listening to this, what kind of advice would you give to them, um, about kind of finding that creativity? Because during, you know, college years or during your youth, it can be hard to balance everything, especially while you're trying to figure everything out personally, in addition to school. So what kind of advice do you have for people to kind of find their creative outlet and kind of their voice somewhere um and then to be able to take that voice um and then use it to their fullest potential um well the first thing i would say is don't resist your gut instinct or your initial thought of what you should do because there are a lot of expectations of what young people should or shouldn't be doing and if your gut instinct like i was was to be like, okay, I can email these people and ask for a seat at Fashion Week, so I'm going to. Or, you know, okay, I should be making sure I do my homework and making sure everything's done. By the way, I do. My mom and dad are listening. Like, I get my homework done, I promise. <laughs> but, like, I also make sure that I follow my instinct, which is to prioritize work calls or other engagements that I know will fulfill me on like a professional and creative level. And I think people don't talk about that enough and give that advice because there is a certain path that has been set that people are expected to follow, whether it's like middle school to high school to a standard bachelor's degree, and then you graduate and you enter a career that you got from an internship you had each summer. And it's sort of looked down upon if you don't follow that exact path and if you don't have like the three to five extracurriculars and you become a president in one of them at least because you want to be on the exec board and that looks good and yada yada yada. I think acknowledging that while that's the expected path and you're more than welcome to take that path it works for a lot of people and I mean one can argue I'm mostly taking that path. and You have as well. Um, if your gut instinct tells you to skip this for going to do that thing that you think is going to be better for you or to fulfill you more or give you more opportunity in what you truly want to do, mm -hmm. to follow that. Right. Also, 
please don't like show me to your parents and be like, well, Emma told me I could skip all my classes to go shopping. Like, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Don't take that out of context. But that's what I would say is trust your gut because you know yourself better than other people do and you know what will work best for you mm-hmm. and what will serve you best in the long run. Right, definitely. And I think it's important to emphasize that your path is not like it's never going to be so linear. And I think that where a lot of people are raised to believe that, that you'll, you know, graduate high school, go to a good college, get your degree, get a job and kind of it just doesn't work that way. And it's kind of a good thing that it doesn't work that way, because who wants like I mean, I guess some people might, but I really personally like I would never want a life that is so just one step after the other. So like, yeah, exactly. It's an easy pathway. Not necessarily easy, but, you know, straightforward pathway. Um, But, yeah, I think it's important to emphasize that, like, not everything is linear and you have to kind of take those risks and things that scare you and jumps and kind of, you know, like, maybe not going to college is for you or maybe it is, but kind of taking the time to figure that out and kind of take those risks, I think, is really important. Yeah, and I think definitely learning to trust yourself and make sure you're prioritizing yourself and what you need end of the day no one knows you better than you and you're also not your best self if you're not taking care of yourself Mm -hmm. prioritizing yourself which I think self-care is becoming a whole big thing but I still don't necessarily think it's talked about enough in a professional context especially for young people between school and work and learning how to do all those things so that's a whole different boat but like trust your gut trust yourself know that you know where you're at better than anyone else will ever. Mm -hmm. And leaning into that makes the world of a difference. Right. Definitely. Um, Amazing. I think on that note, we should um, wrap things up here uh, and uh, kind of save more of the good stuff for um, our first season, first season, which is launching very soon. Um, So we're excited for that. Uh, Of course, this is a little bit about me and Emma, um, and we'll uh, tell you more and talk more uh, when the first episode drops. Um, But yeah, until then, we're super excited. Please connect with us online. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Generation Slay. um, And our website, uh, you can get all that info. It's www.generationslay.com. But yeah, I'm super excited to to start this journey and to be able to highlight so many amazing voices that inspire me. And I know that inspire um, a lot of other people as well. Yes, absolutely. And actually, the first interview which will be with the wonderful Asia Mayrock should be out in two weeks from now. So subscribe, keep in touch and check back in two weeks for our first official interview. Thanks for listening to Generation Slay. We have new episodes launching every Tuesday. If you like what you heard today, or felt like you got some great insight from our guest, please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice so that more people will see the podcast and hear what our incredible guests have to say. In the meantime, if you have an idea of someone we should have on the show or just want to talk to us, you can find the podcast at Generation Slay on Twitter and Instagram and at www.generationslay.com. Keep slaying and we'll see you next week.